Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, der Bundesliga-Podcast. This is the preview show brought to you in association with Get German Football News. I'm Manu Veth, he's Stefan Bianchowski. Stefan, um, this is the last preview show for two weeks. I'm actually pretty excited. I, I'm desperate for a break. I don't know how you're feeling, but having having a few days off next week will be nice. Yeah, it will do. Um, at the risk of sounded like bitter, old, jaded sports journalists, um, I, I do start to kind of, I have started to kind of treat the international break with utter contempt <laughs> um i don't know if it's just because of the modern concept of the international football which seems to be mm. fifa and uefa trying to cram as many pointless football games down our throats as possible um or if it's just because you know we're already up to our ears in domestic football that the idea of a break sounds fantastic and you know, these international games just don't mean much at all. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I'm quite looking forward to a break as well, I must admit. Um, mm. And it's always good yeah. to kind of take a break. We can come back refreshed and maybe listeners can have a break from us kind of just repeating the same old boring narratives about the Bundesliga <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> well, four times a week if you subscribe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm, I'm. I always look forward to. The, I have this tradition. The March um, international break. I usually go surfing in Tofino. So, if you don't know where that is, look it up. Um, it's beautiful. It's probably the most beautiful place on the planet. And then I'll bombard you <laughs> with pictures from me surfing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'll do. We'll still do the Monday show. Obviously, we're going to recap um, what happened on this match day. But um, yeah. the national team, Germany, is playing uh, meaningless friendlies from now until 2024 when they host the European Championships. We're going to, of course, cover that um, still um, to some extent, right? Um, as we get closer to the tournament, but the games itself are just not as meaningful um, to give them sort of the scope that we give the, the regular league play. So mm. a break is much needed and deserved, and uh, I think it gives everyone sort of um, room to regroup. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll be back with a Monday episode. Um, we have lots to cover on this episode, so we should jump right into it after this break. This episode of the Gig Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championship, right through the Final Four and Championship game. Bet Online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use the mobile device to sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, 
where the game starts. So yeah, Stefan, the Friday fixture, the one that we always thread <laughs> because we have made this point that the Friday game isn't really that big. Um, this one could be interesting though. Gladbach mm. against Werder Bremen. Um, I went for a 1-1 draw here, but I also think that, you know, for a long time we've been talking about Werder Bremen sort of being fine in the relegation battle, right? Um, not slipping in there. And there was actually today, um, Ole Werner, the head coach, was asked about this because when they got relegated, they were in this position as well in the table um, at this point of the season. They need to start picking up points soon. Yeah, they do. Um I think we're kind of looking here at two clubs who, I mean, they're actually exactly on points. So it goes to show like where, mm. where both teams have kind of been. And I think things are beginning to kind of dawn on both of these teams. You know, we've seen Gladbach kind of go a really terrible run of form recently. Um, and actually there's kind of some news out of the club um, today that, you know, maybe not today, but this week, that things maybe mm. kind of begin to boil under the surface. You know, Daniel Farg was very kind of critical of Nathan Ngumu, who was a kind of yeah. big signing in the summer that he was going to... Um, he was, there's kind of a lot of hopes he'd be able to help them up front. And, you know, Daniel Farg basically said he, he hasn't played him because he hasn't played well enough, you know, which is not mm. really that big of a story, but it just kind of goes some way to explaining that, you know, there's a lot of kind of anger and frustration, I think, underneath or behind closed doors at Gladbach. Uh, which has kind of been the case for much of the season. Um, and this definitely is a game that could definitely go either way. Um, both yeah. teams have been pretty lousy, but I think one thing that maybe edges it in Gladbach's favour um, is that they do look pretty decent at home um, so far mm. this season. Managed to grind out results one way or another. You know, they've picked up draws against Freiburg and Schalke at home. They beat Bayern Munich, of course, not that long ago. Uh, they beat Dortmund as well just for the break at home as well so they do have a decent home record um, and Werder Bremen have lost two of the last home away games so I don't think there's much in this but I've gone for a 2-1 win for Gladbach um, Mm. which might help them kind of get back on track and could mean Werder Bremen continues to kind of stumble down the league table yeah definitely fascinating so 2-1 for you 1-1 for me let's see um that next match, wow. So explosive content coming because remember when Hoffenheim hired Pellegrino Matarazzo and they just <laughs> have kept sinking like a stone? Well, the news this week has been that Pellegrino Matarazzo and the sporting director Alexander Rosen both could be on their way out if results don't turn around quickly. Um and we have to say here, I mean, Hoffenheim are currently last in the standings and they look like a team um, on their way to relegation. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at Hertha too, this is a team as well that's just been in the headlines. Of course, a big acquisition this week, right? 777 went through. We've covered this on the podcast before. Mm. Um, turns out they were also behind the sacking of Freddy Bobic. So not our fault, Stefan. So that's good. Um <laughs> <laughs> we had a sporting director on and shortly after he was gone. Um, but yeah, 777 is now in and they're going to invest an additional 100 million euros. So I think for Hertha, the, the really big key here is going to be to just stay in the league by any means possible. The same can be said about Hoffenheim. This is going to be a typical six-pointer point, relegation scrap, um, a game with everything on the line, including jobs, 
um, which is why I went for a 1-1 draw. Interesting. Yeah, so I completely agree with you. These are two teams who desperately need all three points. And I mean, I guess, I mean, the problem with Hertha is that money's never really been the problem for the club. They've spent money like it's no. going out of, like it's gone out of fashion over the years yeah. um, from one owner to the next. And they, they actually, more than anything else, just need a bit of common sense at the club. Uh, but I completely agree with you that they just have to kind of cling on. And to be fair, they have kind of made a decent effort effort of it recently. You know, the last five games they've picked up some decent results. Uh, you know, they got a draw against Mainz that I wasn't expecting last weekend. They've beat Augsburg. They've beat Gladbach. You know, since the turn of the year, so they're doing okay. They still have the worst away record in the league this season, but they're mm-hmm. up against the worst home record in the league. So, uh, I don't know. I, I I'm I'm just. I feel like I've seen this every week, but I've just kind of given up all hope on Hoffenheim right now. Um, mm-hmm. They really do like they're sinking like a stone. No idea why Matarazzo went to that club. So, so, so bizarre. Um, but yeah, I've gone for a 2-0 win for Hertha, and I think they'll continue to pour anguish on a Hoffenheim team that looked completely lost. Yeah, so what was your prediction? 2-1 for Hertha? 2-0. 2-0, okay. Woo-hoo. All right, let's see. Um, I think it's going to be a bit closer than that. But again, we'll see, we'll see. We don't know what the other person is going to pick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to point this out every week because we do overlap often. But um, I guess that's just how it goes. I'm really curious what we're picking for this next one, uh, Stefan. That's Bochum against Leipzig. I personally think there's going to be a big rebound coming from Leipzig after a disastrous, embarrassing um, I need more adjectives here to describe this. Uh, terrible, I guess, result against Man City. And I actually have this down as um, Leipzig doing the job against Bochum and winning this game three now. Yeah, I kind of have something similar, to be honest with you. Um, you know, if anyone wants to know just how pissed off we both were at Leipzig's dreadful performance against Man City, they should tune into our reaction show. We did the so that's under the bonus show this mm. week that came out on uh. Wednesday night, Wednesday. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I've got absolutely no qualms about calling out Leipzig when they do terrible, and they did do terribly, but it's hard to see them do anything except kind of rebound from this game. Bochum, to be fair to them, have been okay recently. They've picked up, I think they picked up a win uh, at the weekend there against Cologne, which wasn't expected. Blew my coupon out of the water, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I feel like. I feel like this is the perfect game for Leipzig to kind of bounce back and kind of get back on back on track, really, because you know they've they've they they really need to kind of make sure they don't let this season uh, spiral out of control. They've got that de- that Pokal game against Dortmund coming up, if I'm not mistaken. So, and they're obviously still in the race for a top four spot. I know they're technically third, but by no means is it is it signed and sealed. So, yeah, I've gone for a two 0 win for Leipzig in this game. Um, I don't think Bochum would be pushovers, but I just feel like this. I just feel like they're going to feel the wrath and frustration of that Man City game. Um, so yeah, comfortable win for Leipzig for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so this next one, this is going to be a fascinating match, which is why this is your match of the week. Uh, Augsburg against Gitt Schalke, so I'll let you take it away from here. Yeah, so, you know, I feel like over the last couple of weeks, I've kind of found myself 
becoming a bit of a Schalke fan, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. And any Dortmund fan listening to the show will be like, yeah, we've known that for a while. Uh, but <laughs> because I constantly get accused of being anti-Dortmund in this podcast. I think a lot of people think it's because I'm a Bayern Munich fan for some reason, and then I get Bayern fans accusing me of the same thing, and then I realise, actually, I'm probably okay if I've got both sides giving me grief. That just means you're balanced. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> but I have no qualms about saying I'm a temporary Schalke fan between now and the end of the season because I really want to see them turn it around. And they have been doing yeah. that, you know. Um, in that Riviera derby last weekend, it really kind of looked like Dortmund were going to blow them away, but they managed to just kind of pull it back. Um, and they showed so much, you know, fantastic kind of mental fortitude to pull it back and to kind of keep fighting. And we kind of talked about this in the main show about how I really think I really think the way that they managed to kind of claw a point back in that game will do that team's, um, uh, you know, their confidence wonders. And, mm-hmm. you know, Augsburg are a tricky team for me. They've been probably the team that have burst my coupon more than any other team except maybe Mainz uh, so far this season mm-hmm. it's really hard to predict what they're doing one week to the next um, you know and <laughs> for a while it looked as if they were going to do it again last week against Bayern so yeah. th- there's definitely more than enough in this Augsburg team to get a result against Schalke considering they've won the last four home games but there's just something that makes me think Schalke have enough about them right now to kind of get the best out of Augsburg. You know, in that formation that they've gone with, uh, that Thomas Rice has them playing, feels to me like they kind of know what to do against these kind of bottom half game uh, teams. And yeah, I've gone for a 2-1 win for Schalke. And it's also my game of the week because I think it's just a match that's going to be, have such profound consequences on who loses it. Yeah, no, I went for a 2-1 win as well. <laughs> oh, well there we go. <laughs> for Schalke, yeah. Um, I, I'm fully with you. I, I can only echo what you said. Um, I actually want to just maybe point out to Augsburg's record recently has been, in the last five games, lost one, lost one, lost. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been one or the other. Um, Schalke, in the meantime, of course, um, in the last five games, unbeaten in the last five games. And, um, you know, one, two of them, this could be their third win. You know, this is such a huge, this is such a huge, huge, huge game in so many ways. Um, because if Schalke win that, they go on 23 points. They would be within four points of Augsburg, right? And mm-hmm. then depending on how the other results go, Augsburg could be in trouble here. Um, because they'll sit as comfortably as I guess you can be when you're 13th, um, seven points ahead of uh, 16th place Stuttgart. But, I think this is one where Schalke could really say, hey, Augsburg, you're in here now too. Welcome. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a big match with big implications. And I think it's, it's a good pick for the match of the week. And I think it's going to be an interesting game as well. So um, I really suggest people to tune into it um, if they can. So next game, uh, Stuttgart against Wolfsburg. Um, Stuttgart, another team that's been struggling. So here's my thing, Stefan. Um, the league is better off with Schalke and Stuttgart in the league. Hmm. Um, there's, in my opinion, no doubt about this. Um, unfortunately, the way it looks, there's a bunch of teams that have um, objections to it, and that includes teams like Augsburg and Bochum, right, were a little bit smaller, or Mainz were now sitting comfortably in seventh, which is crazy. But, you know, the way it is, we might have to do without Stuttgart next year um, because I think that Wolfsburg are going to win this match 2-0, and that would further increase the problems that Stuttgart are in at the moment. 
Yeah, I, I can broadly agree with most of that, to be honest. You know, I watched Wolfsburg against Union Berlin last weekend, and I think I predicted a draw in that game. Um, but mm-hmm. having watched it, I think Wolfsburg really probably should have deserved to go on and win that match. They were the only team interested in taking the game uh, by the scruff of the neck. They had a number of chances, at least one one-on-one that they should have scored. Um and Union really got through it by what I thought was quite a fortunate penalty shout, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, Union, for much yeah. of the game, just kind of looked like a heavyweight boxer on the ropes, kind of waiting for someone to knock them out. Um, so it feels to me like Wolfsburg have kind of got the wind back in their sails. You know, we've talked about this throughout the season, and I think I maybe suggested this on the prediction show last week, that I don't think there's any team in the Bundesliga except maybe Leverkusen that swing from one end to the other um, in terms of like being good and, and being poor based on just simple confidence in the squad quite like Wolfsburg um, there's maybe something to the fact that both those teams have got a lot of young players and a lot of impressionable young players in their squads so maybe that has something to do with it but when Wolfsburg are good they are good um, and they're quite a formidable team when they kind of get going um, and I feel like they should have enough to beat Stuttgart. So I've gone for a two-one win in the end. And and yeah, further mm. further uh, concerns for Stuttgart, who I feel like much like Hoffenheim, they have kind of pulled together a few results recently. But despite the historic background that Stuttgart have and the fact that they're a very well supported club and Stuttgart's a great city, um, I feel like that sporting project there isn't offering a huge amount to the Bundesliga right now. So. It, it, mm. it, it's it's very hard to see how they're going to turn things around between now and the end of the season. But yeah, 2-1 to Wolfsburg. Interesting. Okay. So, the Saturday top spiel. Um, this is Dortmund against Köln. Um, Dortmund kind of need the rebound, I think, a little bit here from the Revier Derby where they drop points to Schalke and uh, lost the pace that Bayern Munich have, have set out. Um, I think that Dortmund are going to rebound here, Stefan. Uh, Köln, three losses in the last five games, one draw, just one win. Um, Dortmund, of course, they do lose points to to Schalke, but they had the week off, and I think that probably did them pretty good. And I think that Dortmund are going to rebound here, and they're going to win this game 3-1. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if I'm as, as optimistic as you are, I must admit. Um I do still think Dortmund will win this game, but I've only gone for a 1-0 win because I feel like, hmm. you know, obviously we talked about Dortmund's injuries recently. Julian Brandt's still out. Adeyemi's still out. Uh, Marco Rice not, might not be 100%. Um, I think it was quite telling that Sebastian Haller got called up by his national team this week and almost immediately there were reports in the German press saying how you know, Dortmund obviously can't stop him playing for his national team, but they're a little upset that he has been called up. And I can understand why, because he has looked really quite exhausted uh, in these last couple of weeks. You know, I think the Chelsea game and then the Riviera Derby right back to back was probably too much for him. Um, yeah. And you know what? He could bounce back in the sense that, um, you know, as you said, he's had a full week off. Um, so we might see more attacking intent from Dortmund, but... If you kind of couple that with the fact that Jude Bellingham's been kind of carrying an injury and he hasn't been 100% either, I do kind of wonder where the goals are going to come from in this Dortmund side. Um, perhaps Gio Reyna, who I wrote about in my newsletter this week, small plug there, mm. kind of 
and I kind of wrote about how he's kind of at maybe maybe not quite at the crossroads at Dortmund, but I kind of put it that he's a bit of a, he's in a bit of a quagmire in the sense that it's not really stepping up and being counted in this Dortmund team, and maybe younger players like Bayern Gittens are beginning to over uh, uh, you know not lap him but overtake him perhaps. But mm. yeah, I, I think it's a game that Dortmund will really have to dig deep to score goals in. To be perfectly honest with you, and I'm not quite sure if they'll have enough about them, but. That's why I've gone for a very narrow win in the end. But, you know, we'll see what happens. So, so Kicker, the competition, is projecting that no Kobel um, on the bench, um, Royce supposed to play, and Reyna on the bench. Um, Reyna, of course, being called up by the national team. Hmm. So, topical. Good job <laughs> picking that topic. <laughs> um, did you see the stuff that came out additionally around the U.S. men's national team? It's just nuts. I, I mean, this is the this is the stuff where you'd like to open the pop book on back and just sit there and read it, right? <laughs> yeah, I actually actively chose to not read it because it came out when I was in the middle of writing my newsletter, and as I kind of put yeah. it to one subscriber yeah. who asked about it in the comments, like I didn't, I I didn't even want to get started with it because I'd probably need like a good two weeks off just to get to the bottom of it before I could make a point of it in an article or something, but. So yeah, if, it you, seems if like... you want entertainment next week, Stefan, that's what you can read. <laughs> <laughs> Someone should really do a sort of drive to survive kind of style Dortmund documentary because it would be, I mean, I know this isn't Dortmund, this is the US men's, US men's Nash team, but anything like that would be great fun. Yeah, I mean, I know we're veering off a little bit off topic, but it's just this arena stuff, the involvement of his family, the involvement of the Behalda family, it's wild, man. <laughs> There's just no other way to describe it. I mean, this is just, they need to make a movie out of it at some point. Like, this is movie-worthy stuff. Um, it's just absolutely crazy. And uh, when we have some time, I guess we can maybe dissect it a little bit further. But I, I think you were smart trying to tune it out uh, and stick to the on-the-field facts. <laughs> as difficult as that may be. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, if you haven't read it yet, I think Stefan's piece on Giorena is excellent. Um, really worth reading. So uh, check that out. All right. So that gets us into the Sunday fixtures. And um, yes, we both did predict a 1-1 draw last week um, with Onion. And I felt so comfortable with that prediction that I just made the same prediction again. Uh, Onion against Frankfurt. I went with a 1-1 draw. Um this is potentially a really big game for Frankfurt, Stefan. Um, and I think one that they potentially need to win. Um, it's, I know it's going to say that the chase for the top four is over if Frankfurt don't win this. But I think if they do win this, which I, of course, as I'm suggesting they will not, um, then they are really, really back into that top four race, right? Mm. Um, but I just... I think Frankfurt, they are the team... And you can say a similar thing about on your own, of course, but they are the team in the league that needs these next two weeks off the most. Mm. Yeah, I must admit, I completely agree with you. Um, I've gone for a, a nil-nil draw in this game. Mm. Um, <laughs> we were kind of talking about picking our games of the week and there was discussion about this one and I said, I'm not picking this game simply because I think it's going to be dreadful. Um yeah. I kind of talked earlier on about how Union looked like a team on the ropes against Wolfsburg. Frankfurt mm-hmm. have also looked very dodgy. Not dodgy, just tired. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you know, we talked about this on the bonus show as well, how they performed against Napoli. 
uh, in the Champions League. And yeah, I, I I don't think any team, I don't think either team is really going to have enough to kind of win this game, to be perfectly honest with you. Mm. I think Union have drawn, haven't failed to score now in two of the last home games, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. maybe three. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I think it's going to be quite a drab nil-nil draw. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, um, th- th- I think the reason too why I'm, I'm going with this is just, you look at some, you just look at like the, the way Frankfurt have been playing all season, right? And it's just been a style that is, is very difficult um, to keep up with um, all season long. And we talked about Mario Götze um, a few weeks ago, right? How he has been the player that covered the most ground in the Bundesliga. And he's dropped from first to fourth since then. Um, you know, he's been surpassed by Elias Kiri, Lukas Tuzard from Hertha and uh, Joshua Kimmich in terms of distance covered. And I think that's maybe also a factor here that you see um, Frankfurt were the best when their best players covered a lot of ground, right? And they're simply just not able to do it at the moment. And mm-hmm. I think that is sort of where they're hurting, um, which is, of course, then leads to the results dropping off. I think Frankfurt would probably be hopeful that Götze doesn't get caught up by Flick. Um, yeah. You know, because like he, he he looks like another guy who needs a break. Um, but we'll see. I think the national team squad drops on Friday, um, if I'm not mistaken. And we'll see who's on it. Um, okay. That gets us to the title competitor, Dortmund's title competitor, uh, Bayern Munich. And Stefan, you ready? This is my match of the week. Mm-hmm. I'm projecting a draw. 2-2. Yeah. I... <laughs> still think Bayern Munich have a wobble in them this year. And Leverkusen is usually the sort of team that they like to beat up on. And watch it, now they're going to beat them 6-1. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just know that wobble is going to come. And I, I actually think that when they, when we see the Klassiker, I, I have a feeling that they will be even on points. Um, so... It's more of a gut instinct rather than my gut instinct. Actually, my brain says like they Leverkusen are going to falter like they always do. But it's usually when Leverkusen aren't at the best, when they're the most dangerous to the big clubs. And I think that they have enough talent in them. And what I think most importantly, the speed, right, Mm. to catch Bayern's high line. And um, those are the kind of teams that have hurt them. Um, I might be completely off here, but... Uh, I think this is the moment where Bayern Munich will drop points and make the Klassiker, the the game after the uh, international break, extremely interesting. Um, I think this is a game really worth watching. I think for Leverkusen too, this is a game where they need to pick up points because they are not completely out of the European races yet, right? Remember, seventh might be enough this year and they're only two points behind uh, Mainz who are currently in seventh place. Finishing seven might be enough to get you into Europe. Yes, it's only the Conference League, but still better than nothing, right? So, yeah, I think this is going to be one where Leverkusen are going to go all out. Um, and I think they might they might steal a point. You know, it's a really interesting point you make because despite the fact that I feel like Leverkusen are still remarkably uh, inconsistent, you know, just going through the last couple of games, they've mm. beat Bremen, they've beat Hertha, God draw against Freiburg, but then lose to Mainz. And that's what I'm talking about. Mainz are continually the team who just completely dumbfound me this season. Um, but yeah. if you actually look at the, the Bundesliga table since the start of 2023, they're actually sixth, and they're only two points behind Bayern Munich. 
Um, mm. You know, and only, and I say sixth, but only uh, Mainz and Leipzig are only one point ahead of them. Mainz, by the way, fifth in the league when it comes to 2023. Remarkable. Yeah, um, on the rise. Um, so, you know, Leverkusen definitely have kind of turned a corner. I don't think it could be, I don't think it's just a um, surprise that obviously Florian Wirtz is back in that team and it's starting to mm. click again. Um, in fact, I wrote a piece at the start of the season as to why they'd miss him so much because he kind of gets the best out of a lot of those players. But having said that, I still kind of feel like Bayern Munich will pick them off. You know, we kind of saw us against Salzburg last week where a team who kind of has a bit of bite up front can cause Bayern issues, especially if they hit them early. But it just kind of feels like t- to me like Bayern have too much kind of firepower in that team, especially now that Sadio Mane's back. So I've gone for a 3-1 win in this game just because this fixture tends to favour Bayern Munich. But I'd obviously be pleasantly surprised if they drop points. So I'm kind of hoping that f- just this one time that your prediction is the one that comes true. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, what is interesting about Bayern Munich, um, I wrote my newsletter about whether or not they should sign uh, Harry Kane. And going through their numbers this year, what I found the most fascinating about them is that Last year, they only had four players that scored um, more than 10 goals. This year, they already had five, right? Which, of course, mm. further underlines the point that I made in my article that perhaps they don't need Harry Kane. <laughs> 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 um, but I think that is very interesting. You know, they're getting a lot of goals from a lot of different places this year. And their goal scoring is pretty much in pace of what it was last year, which is I thought was really surprising. Mm. Um, so they are good for a ton of goals, Um so that's not going to be the obstacle in this match. But we'll see. Um, it's really interesting what's going on at Bayern Munich in general, I think, at the moment. Always is. FC Hollywood is always being FC Hollywood. Um, okay, so the final match, Mainz against Freiburg. We have praised Mainz throughout this podcast, told everyone how great they have been and how they have rising up the table. Unfortunately, I think Freiburg will put a stop to that <laughs> and beat them 2-0. Freiburg, Stefan, I feel terrible. Um, yes, we I did write it, I'd write a big feature about them at the beginning of the season. Um, they keep getting ignored. And at the end of the day, they might be the team that's laughing in fourth spot and qualify for the Champions League. I mean, they're right there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over the course of the last five games are fourth in the table. Um, so they have kind of managed to kind of pull things back. And look, this is exactly how Freiburg do this. They slide mm-hmm. under the radar every single season. It's exactly how Christian Strike likes it. He signed a new contract to the club this week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a new extension, and Freiburg are absolutely the, at their best when no one's paying attention to them. Um, yeah. And they're just they're just very good at picking up these kind of wins in these games. I completely agree with you. I've gone for a 2-0 win in this game against Mainz because, mm. you know, if you kind of look at their away form this season, it's perfectly strong and um you know, Mainz have been good at home recently. And like, you know, we have talked about they've had a strong start to 2023, but I just kind of feel like Freiburg kind of have enough about them. We're, we are recording this quite literally during the Juventus game. So obviously take it with a pinch of salt if, you know, some key, oh, player, see some key <laughs> players pick up some big injuries. But yeah. on the balance of things, I've gone for Freiburg winning this game. Um, and I suspect... Mm. As you said, they'll probably benefit from Union and Frankfurt dropping points, and yeah, they could end up um, they could end up spending uh, finishing this week uh, this weekend in third place. Yeah, 
I will actually turn on that Juventus game right after they're still in it while we're recording. So let's wait and see how that goes. Uh, but Stefan, that's all our predictions for this week. Again, I want to give a shout out to Get German Football News, um, as always, sponsored by Bet Online. Also, also, we promised this. If you leave an Apple review, you're getting a shout out as well. I have one right here uh, for Max Olsen22. My favorite Bundesliga podcast. Great content and analysis. Now I deserve a shout out. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the for the for the review, Max. It's hugely appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I have a few from the UK page as well, but I'll save them for Monday's show. Um, Perfect. And in the meantime, we'll also try and figure out a way to view reviews from other countries and other regions because I feel like we're not get we're not picking up any from the US right now, which no. a lot of our listeners are from. So we should probably figure that out. Maybe we'll just oh, need to send can... you across the border, uh, yeah, and jump on iTunes, and then you can I walk. Can you can fly back. I can back. see the US from the, my window. <laughs> the next island over, I'm looking out over the Pacific. There's an island. It's like literally 40 kilometers off the coast and it's already in the US. I can see it, but I... Well, uh, maybe if you, you can swim there, jump on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> jot down the reviews and then uh, we'll have them for a Monday show. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm well aware that other people have left reviews. But I'll read them out on Monday. Uh, and as always, anyone who leaves reviews, rates the show and subscribes, always much appreciated. The, the kind of feedback we get from you guys is always very overwhelming. Yeah, also, if you are in the US and you have left a feedback, you can always uh, send me or Stefan um, on Twitter a screenshot. Well, I'm yes. more than happy to do that as well. That's um, a great it, That's a great show. As for swimming over to the US, I think there's a Coast Guard boat sitting there. They're looking for marijuana smugglers, so that's not happening, <laughs> Stefan. <laughs> uh, also, it's freezing out. Uh, okay, anyways, that's it from us for this week. We'll be back with the only one main show next week. Um, so you get to hear us one more time before the international break. Um, and then we'll be back with our usual programming the week after, or almost usual program, because we're not doing the main show. There's no games to recap, um, but we're doing all the other stuff. Um, so until then, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.